0: Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches, fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of friends. I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. All right, everybody, I am so excited for today's episode because we are gonna be chatting how to systemize client communication. And this is probably one of my favorite topics because client communication can be really tricky to navigate in the online space because we have so many different methods of communication that it can be really hard to set boundaries and figure out what client communication should really look like. So today I'm gonna share with you guys my top tips for how we have systemized client communication to keep things streamlined and efficient while still maintaining healthy boundaries between work and personal life. So what are we covering on today's episode? What is a communication system? We're going to talk about uh, some communication tools that are available in our personal favorites, some general best practices for systemizing client communication, and then we're also going to go ahead and dive into how to actually structure effective client responses. And then if you hang till the end of the episode, we are going to actually give you guys a um, checklist on how to implement a client communication system. So you'll want to have some pen and paper ready for you because we're We're gonna give you a step-by-step guide on how you guys can go ahead and implement this for your business. So gonna go ahead and get started with what is a communication system? And it's really a streamlined communication method that you've implemented in your business that helps prevent communication mistakes. It encourages accountability for both team and clients. And it's really gonna be something that helps to avoid having too many communication tools that are going to lead to unnecessary challenges and things getting missed in your business, which is obviously gonna lead to poor client experience and nobody wants that. So um, it's gonna be really, really important to implement in your business. And another pro to it is it's actually gonna help your team to be able to more proactively come in and step in to support you with your clients as well. So that's gonna be another big positive to this implementation of the system is it's gonna help team too. So what are communication tools? What are available? What do we recommend? What do we not? So our top recommendations are Slack, ClickUp Chat and or Dashboard, HoneyBook, but this is really the recommendation for the initial lead conversation or potential client. After somebody has become a contract, then they move into Slack or ClickUp Chat. So that is, I wanna make sure I'm clear on that. Um, And HoneyBook would really be HoneyBook email, so to speak. Um, Other options that you have that we aren't really the biggest fan of, but they work are things like Voxer and WhatsApp. And the biggest reason we don't recommend them is really because number one, they're not searchable in terms of going back and referencing conversations. Um, It is also hard for you to loop your team in on conversations that you've had with a client for them to be able to support you on tasks or follow up or admin. And so that's really the big reasons we don't recommend it, but they do, like I said, work for some. And the biggest thing that we always want you guys to take away from these episodes is these are just our recommendations for our business, but you always wanna make sure you're making the best decision for what works for you. And then the biggest thing I think that we don't recommend is really email, right? We want to make sure that at least once they become a client, I understand that email is going to happen if they're potential clients, you know, just initially reaching out or leads. But once somebody has become a client, then they need to be pulled into whatever platform you have chosen to communicate with them in. Um, And I do typically only recommend having two, and we'll chat a little bit more about that um, later in the episode. But we're going to go ahead and start diving into best practices because this is what's going to be really important. The first one is setting expectations and boundaries. It's really, really crucial. You want to set those things like response time, working hours, or your method of communication. And I really do recommend having this conversation really before somebody becomes a client on the discovery call is where I even start to introduce this so that my client is very aware of how we communicate as a team and what they can expect. So the first thing being response time. For us, we say that clients should receive a reply to their message at a maximum within 24 hours. Um, Now we are at the time of this recording a five person team. So we have quite a few hands to support with things like managing inboxes or communication threads. So this is very feasible for us. You do obviously just need to kind of be aware of your capacity and availability if you maybe you're a one person show right now um, and make sure you're tweaking based on things like that. You also wanna make sure that you're setting working hours. Now this is obviously gonna be different depending on where you're at in your business, if you're full time, if you're still you know working part time in your business and haven't fully transitioned quite yet. It's going to also depend on your business model and what your home life looks like. But for us, we do like to recommend keeping you know, a typical nine to five and not being available to clients on the weekends. We also don't respond to messages outside of those hours unless it's an emergency because we don't really want to set that precedent that we are available all hours of the day, right? We don't want that to become something that's normal later down the road. So how we typically combat this, because a lot of us are in different time zones or sometimes you know, working odd hours, I obviously have a son. So for me, whenever I can sneak in some work time, that's sometimes not in that normal, you know, nine to five time. So maybe if you're drafting a message, I do recommend doing things like scheduling that to send out during working hours. Um, And I know that's most commonly associated with email. However, if you are using something like Slack, you can actually schedule your messages to send inside of Slack as well. So I definitely recommend utilizing that. Um, But we also incorporate what's called the sunset rule on our team where all messages, whether it's in Slack, ClickUp, Asana, email, etc., it should always be responded to before you sign off at the end of your working day. The big reason is, you know, we're all working remotely and in different time zones, and we need to make sure that we're doing our due diligence to our team and to our clients and making sure that we respond to all communication before we log off at the end of the day, in case somebody isn't working hours that we're not, or they're working odd hours, and we just really want to make sure that we're cutting back on the back and forth, decreasing project timelines, and just always making sure that whenever the client is up and available that we have done our due diligence and making sure that we've responded to their messages so that's really really big and again I do communicate all these things to our clients before they ever become a client I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute but you also want to nail down your methods of communication so you want strict guidelines for what communication method you will be available on so maybe Slack is for client communication, HoneyBook is for all communication related to payments and contracts or potential clients. Um, And then email outside of that is strictly only used when there's an issue, maybe logging into an agreed upon platform. So just making sure that you set those guidelines up front so that you have that and then you move forward, whether it's introducing that to a client or team, just making sure that you have those guidelines set in place. And then if a client does message you outside of the agreed upon platform about working related things obviously if it's a personal message or responding to an instagram story or something that's completely different but you do want to make sure to move the conversation back to the original channel so for example if your client messages you on Instagram about a project, direct the conversation back to wherever they're supposed to be messaging you. Maybe it's Slack and say, as an example, Hey client, you know, in reference to whatever they messaged you about, um, which you asked me about via Facebook messenger or Instagram, just a friendly reminder to keep all task correspondence in Slack or ClickUp or wherever you've chosen. Um, it's the best way to keep track of all the little details. So we're all serving you. We have all hands on deck. We don't miss anything and can effectively support you. So you always want to position it in a way that is a positive for them, right? You don't want to miss tasks. You want to provide them a good quality of service. And if the entire team isn't looped in on what's going on, then that makes it a lot harder. So like I mentioned, even before clients onboard with you, you want them to be aware of communication expectations because you want them to be aligned with you. So for example, when I'm on a discovery call, I have some general housekeeping things that I run through with them. And the big one is, hey, this is how we communicate. This is when you can expect a response from us. These are our working hours. This is how we communicate in your client portal. And we set those expectations up front because we don't want them to be surprised when they start with us as a client, because maybe that doesn't align with how they prefer to communicate in a project. And then maybe it's just not a good fit on both sides. Um, so I'm just making sure to let them know up front, ahead of time that this is what it looks like. Then hopefully it's a good fit for both people. Um, but again, that is something I always like to, to introduce at the very first conversation that I have with a client. The next best practice I wanna chat about is proactivity. So you should always be waiting for your client, not the other way around. You want to be proactive in your communication, even if it means having to task out daily client check-ins and click-up until it becomes a habit. Good client communication is really about being proactive so that the client feels truly cared for and informed. You want to make deliberate effort to ensure that your client understands what's going on, and then you'll avoid unnecessary communication breakdowns. So some ways you can be proactive from a task perspective is even systemizing like little random proactivity tasks. So for example, um, just kind of running through their website and looking for broken links things like that you just always want to stay on top of making sure that your client is feeling supported and systemizing that communication in the back end and then when working with the clients um, we like I said do recommend maybe creating something like a bi-weekly task to systemize that proactivity in those check-ins just so it's always top of mind so that there's no gaps in communication the next best practice is transparency so you always 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 have to tell a client like it is. It doesn't matter whether you've got good news or bad news. You have to tell them what they need to know and tell them when they need to know it. The importance of transparency is really twofold. Primarily, you need to be transparent because you are responsible for the deliverable of a project or a service that you have agreed to with your client and that could be detrimental to the success of somebody else's business. And you never forget that you're spending someone else's hard earned money and they deserve to know what it's yielding. And perhaps, you know, more. importantly what it's not yielding right so you need to make sure that you are being transparent no matter what and then secondly transparency is crucial because it gives you more security in the long run bad stuff will always make its way back to the person who's responsible and if you make a mistake you just kind of have to own up to it and get it out in the open as soon as possible because you'll both be better off for it no matter how hard that conversation is I promise you we've all messed up we've all made mistakes people understand and you just need to make sure to do your due diligence to yourself. Into um, your client as well. And the next thing is best practices for asking for regular feedback. This is also really important just from in product improvement or service improvement. You want to ask them how they're feeling and any issues that they're struggling with. So if you request feedback about systems or processes or deliverables, they'll be more likely to give it to you. And this also um, lets them air out maybe any less than pleasant feelings before they potentially boil over and become a big problem. And it gives you the opportunity to address it. So this one is really important. Um, and you can be doing that as a client management task. You can systemize this so you can can add a task to ask for feedback on a project after you've submitted it or implemented. it. We always ask for feedback from our clients and then we actually do something with it. We're not just asking to ask or to extract the positive. We're also looking at potential critiques or criticisms because that's an opportunity for us to improve our product or service so that our client really feels like we truly, um, we care, right? We care about the product or service that we are delivering and we want them to feel taken care of as well well. So it is really, really important from a client experience perspective. And then the other thing is you want to make sure that you're providing reminders and over communicating. It's better to over communicate than under communicate. So if you're waiting on client feedback, give them a consistent reminder, you know, it's okay to remind them a certain period of time that you're waiting on something from them or, um, that you couldn't move forward without their feedback, just because you don't want there to be a gap in communication and them thinking that they are waiting on something from you or vice versa. It's always, best to just play it safe and just send a quick follow up. You know, no one ever complained about being overinformed, right? So it's always just best practice or to be on the safe side to do something like that as well. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but this will be real quick. If you started your business, you are your own boss, but along with being the CEO, you're also the accountant, the marketing manager, creative director, executive assistant, and many more titles. If you don't do it, it doesn't get done. And if you need help doing it all, you need Honeybook. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communication, booking, contracts, and invoices all in one place. With HoneyBook, you can automate your busy work and they have a ton of easy to use templates for emails, proposals, brochures, and invoices. I personally use HoneyBook to simplify my booking process in my business and stay on top of inquiries and clients in my pipeline. All you have to do is go to the link below in the show notes and sign up today. Alrighty, now let's get back to the show. So now we're gonna dive into how to structure an effective client response. So when structuring messages, it really is always best to assume that the client does not know or is unfamiliar with what we may be updating them on. Obviously without implying that they don't understand or belittling them by any means, that's not what we're we're saying here. We just wanna make sure that we are breaking things down to be very digestible for the client. So you're taking the guesswork out of it, right? So you wanna make sure that you are thorough and providing every resource that they could need to effectively review and respond to your message without the need for them to search for anything, right? That's the biggest thing here is we're just trying to break things down for them. So examples, um, could be like links to files, images to review, links to websites or articles that you found. And if your feedback gives them multiple options to choose from, then you want to make sure that you're always provide them the options all at once. And then your personal recommendation, so again, you're taking that guesswork out of the question for them while also providing them your expert opinion. So for example, and this is also something that we actually do um, the exact method actually that we use on our team. And it's super, super helpful because it's not only taking out the guesswork, but it's also empowering your team to make decisions and be big picture thinkers so for example hey client I've done a little research and the below articles look like the most promising solution link to option one two and three I personally think option number two is the best option to move forward with because reason number one and reason number two so this is really important to provide your client because Again, this is also cutting down on that back and forth. You're avoiding and removing the back and forth brainstorming and you're just giving them options to work with. And it's really, really helpful. Again, we do this as a team as well, and it has saved us so much time and so much back and forth. So it's really just a good, effective way to structure a message um, to a client and giving them options and resources. So a few tips on sending client messages. I also like to provide video walkthroughs using Loom, explaining the project or task update if necessary, and providing the video link with the amount of time that the video lasts so that they can plan when to watch it. So for example, hey client, I just wanted to provide you an update on this project. I thought it would be helpful for you to see. Um, It's approximately three minutes long. And then if there is any deliverables that you need from them, make sure to let them know. So for example, if you can't proceed on a task before you receive feedback from a client, Always be sure to include that at the end of your message, something like, hey, I'm not gonna be able to move forward on this task until I have received feedback for an extra touch, maybe even you know, bold the message, let them know when you need feedback by, and then always utilize a numbered lists or bullet points and short paragraphs to make the messages more digestible and easy to read as possible. No run on paragraphs, no long messages. Typically as CEOs, they don't have a lot of time to read an essay of paragraph and they definitely don't have time to extract the information that they're needing. So setting bullet points makes things a lot less daunting to review. So we're gonna go ahead and dive into the actual action steps that you guys need to take to implement client communication systems in your business. So here's a couple of questions you can ask yourself to build a solid system. Number one, what ways will you communicate with different client groups in your business? So maybe you have like one-on-one clients or group coaching clients or um, group programs. Maybe you want to differentiate communication methods between them. If you don't, that's no problem. Just at least establishing the ways you are connecting and communicating with your client. So maybe for one-on-one clients, they have Voxer access, but your group coaching clients, and they email you through a portal or they're in a community somewhere. Um, and then you, number two, want to determine the ways that you won't to be communicating with these groups. So maybe it's email or text or Instagram. For example, for us as a team, none of the team members have each other's phone numbers and none of our clients do as well because we're really trying to make sure that we are having a balanced line between personal and work life. And so one of the things that we do is making sure to not give out our phone number. Number three is what are your response hours? So for example, Ours are from nine to five Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Again, this is gonna depend on your business model, if you're full-time or part-time. There's lots of different things that could affect this, but it would set regular working hours. Number four is what other communication boundaries do you need to have in place? So for an example, maybe it's no Slack direct messages. Maybe they can only communicate in a channel. Maybe your response time to be expected is 24 hours. Another thing to kind of keep in mind is what is your cutoff? for project responses. That's something that we like to do as well as like, hey, if we receive it after this time, we'll get back to you by the next business day, just because we may be wrapping up for the day or finishing up a project and not see that message. And then number five is what communication SOPs do you need to create? What processes or standard operating procedures for your team, do you need to create um, in terms of how to structure a client response or how to ask a client for project feedback? Um, That is something that we did to feel more comfortable to delegate client-facing communication to team members is actually structuring standard operating procedures around how to actually uh, structure an effective client response. So that is something I definitely recommend you doing. Um, Whether you already have a team in place that are client-facing, it's still really good to get this in place. And if you haven't yet, definitely go ahead and start so that you feel more comfortable delegating um, to that first team member in terms of communicating with your client. So, you know, overall, Creating a client communication system can seem daunting, but breaking it down can really help speed up the process. So if you guys have questions about client communication, or if you have questions about our systems or our processes around it, feel free to hop into our Mighty Networks community or send us a DM on Instagram. We love chatting about this as always. I can chat about client communication systems all day long or boundary setting or tech stacks for communication, but this is just some typical systems that we would recommend getting set up from the get-go. And you can always build on these later. So another really important thing is this doesn't have to be one and done. Continue to evaluate it, continue to audit it, and make sure that it's evolving with the needs of your business and the needs of your client and any feedback you may be getting from them. So if you guys have questions, like I said, shoot us a DM or join us in Mighty Networks. Otherwise, I will see you guys on next week's episode. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again. And I can't wait to see you next week.